Blog Talk Radio. Hey there! Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Double Feature Weekend. We started yesterday, we're here today, and we're going on tomorrow, and I don't know, maybe we'll just be double featuring all the time. It's fun. We are airing live from Asheville, North Carolina. For some reason, we keep coming back here, Uh, and today's show features acclaimed actor and author Catherine Lee Scott, known for the TV series Dark Shadows. Back in 1966, uh, also Star Trek, The Next Generation, 1987. The Great Gatsby, 1974. Uh, very excited. She's really, that's three three things. But, I mean, if you go look at her biography, you could be reading for days because she has done so much, not only in the acting field, but also in the writing world. Uh, she's amazing, and we're very excited to have her here. Um, as always, we're your hosts, Nancy Reed and Lisa Smith, as we travel the country. We're a mother-daughter team publishing our Blend magazines, documenting parks and public lands, and also taking care of pets. We pet sit. It's a good thing to stay COVID safe, and that's what we do, and we love our animals. So if you hear a few little yappy dogs here in Asheville, um, you know, there are, there are spokespeople, so you may hear that. But we also have a special guest, uh, Steve Schneikert, here as our uh, guest co-host, and he's been on numerous shows with us, uh, not only as a guest and a part of radio plays. You know we love our shenanigans with our radio plays, uh, but on so many shows, but also our Hollywood history expert with amazing podcasts looking at the world of Hollywood history, not just in Hollywood, but how it has gone around the world. So he is back here. So, Steve, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on to co-host, and especially with Catherine. I know. Are you ready? I know, because as soon as I messaged you, you're like, I I told you know, friend Billy, I'm like, oh my gosh, Steve's going to go like bonkers, and you sent me this big, long thing, like like pages of Catherine, and uh, now Catherine's here. Catherine, welcome. How are you? <laughs> thank you, thank you, Lisa, Nancy, and Steve. It's lovely to talk to all of you. I think I think we're having a holiday party, right? Can we just say well, I think so. How far is Asheville from Salisbury, North Carolina? Oh, oh, Salisbury, S O U L, or no, Salisbury is in the stake. Yeah. Oh, Salisbury, the stake. I will see. Let's see. It can't be very far. It's. It's not far from, uh, oh, I think it's about 45 minutes from Charlotte. Two hours. Wow. uh, East of Asheville, two hours east of Asheville, just south of Greensboro. We, I think we've been through there. I mean, we travel full time, so. Well, you know, it's a wonderful antebellum uh, town. And uh, and I know it well because my first husband Ben Martin, who was a Time Life mm. photographer, came from Salisbury. <laughs> so mm. I've been there. I've been there many, many, many times. I cool. love that you're talking about North Carolina. And there's something. Um, I know you're a writer, and you've written novels, memoirs, and then like coffee table books, and you know, bunny books. We can get into that later. Bunny but, books. Uh, bunny <laughs> books. I'm just going to bring that up. But um, honestly. I, I love your publishing history, and I look at, you know, uh, both of your husbands in life, um, you know, being in that industry, too. 
it's interesting that you were also in that, you know, both with Ben and your Tomat and then your next husband, your late husband. Um, I find that amazing. I mean, he did Los Angeles magazine, so it's kind of always been there, but North Carolina. You know, I is think that it, well, if I had not uh, if I had not become an actress, I would have been a journalist. In fact, they've all oh. writing and acting have always been twin careers, but I kept getting scholarships as an actress. I got work as an actress. So, you you know, you you go where your uh, life leads you, but uh, my first husband was a time life photographer uh and mm-hmm. Jeff Miller, my my husband, who passed away 12 years ago, was the founding editor of Los Angeles Magazine, the first city magazine in the country. And uh, I think there are about 400 that used the template that he came up with in 1960. And, um, and then my boyfriend uh, is a journalist, and he's written uh, six thrillers now. And uh, but he's um, he he was most recently with Bloomberg as an editor. So oh, wow. I always I, I'm always attracted to writers and particularly uh, journalists. Mm. This, well, you marry and hook up well. <laughs> I do. I've been very, very lucky with the men that I've known. Uh, I've uh, I've had two good marriages and uh, a splendid boyfriend. So how lucky can a gal be? I love wow. that, but but words cool. are really part of the acting, and I want to go back to the Asheville, North Carolina part because there is something about North Carolina that, and South. I don't know if it's just like you're going to the mountains through the swamp, and then you still have the coast that all this mysticism happens. So there's all of that, but like Asheville, North Carolina, I've got to give a shout out to our friends at the Lion of the Rose Bed and Breakfast because this is where we found it like two years ago. We didn't expect to land on their doorstep. Um, you know, at this bed and breakfast, and you think the lion and the rose, that, that goes into a whole other, you know, field of, you know, the arts. And we didn't expect to get there and, you know, went to bed that night in the bed and breakfast after a long conversation with them and a few beers because they make their own beer there. And they're dog friendly, which we love, and have dogs, which we love. And I started reading this book on the history of Asheville, and that's when I found out about have Scott Fitzgerald, his wife, um, who died in Asheville, um, right. Zelda Fitzgerald, in a fire, which was in, in a mental health institute, when she was waiting to, what I say, get your brain zapped, and that's terrible, but it, that's what they were doing shock at the time. Therapy. Shock therapy. And mm-hmm. yeah. um, there was a fire in the kitchen or, or next door to where she was in this holding pen kind of thing. I know, I make it sound terrible, but it is kind of cold well, well isn't and joe, i think uh i think joe mitchell is from there as well isn't he yeah you know the new yorker writer and uh and uh and i mean oh, henry? wonderful wonderful writer oh and, henry oh henry <laughs> oh henry we went to his gravesite that was it so the next morning i think I'm reading that's all of this amazing. about what happens in Asheville, music and all these writings and theater all this stuff i'm like oh my god where did we just land we land in utopia and so the next morning, we, we went out early, early morning, pre-breakfast, like 5, 6 in the morning, went out to the graveyard behind them <laughs> at the Lion and the Rose. And this is in the Montford Historic District. Over 600 historic homes we found out on the last uh, Gray Line trolley tour we took. And they talked about uh, the play that you're going to be doing tomorrow night. And it is called The Gift of the... 
Magi. Magi. <laughs> Magi, I did it. I did you know, it. it's, uh, it's interesting. It's been Hi, done Henry. so many times. It's been adapted so many times. Uh, Jilly Harris did a beautiful reading of it some years ago. And also WCCO Radio in 1983 did a, a wonderful rendition uh, with Dave Moore. Uh, and, it was, and it was so beautifully adapted. Um, and the adaption that we are doing tomorrow evening, uh, that David and Selby and I are doing, is a two-hander uh, adaptation by uh, Patrick McRae. Uh, and it and it reads beautifully. That story is, uh, I mean, it's it's all, it's called a classic because it is. Mm. Uh, yeah. But it it just uh, it has such uh, durability. And the other background story about the gift of the Magi, which I just discovered last night, is mm-hmm. that O. Henry wrote for a newspaper. And he always uh, waited until the last minute to uh, to write something, and uh, and so the uh, the gift of the magi was something that he he kind of swiftly wrote uh, to meet a deadline. Uh, hmm. And and when you when you look at the at the power of his words, and uh, uh, I mean it's just remarkable. There's something about deadlines, man, you know, and when, when you go to his graveyard, it, 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 uh, I, would, I need to go look up the graveyard name. It's Ridgeway or something. It begins with an R. It's behind the Lion and Rose Munford district. People leave him pennies. Yeah. And his life, if you, I, want, I want someone to make a thing on his life because he moved around a lot. He, he really was never, he never really was profitable, I don't think, as a writer or Henry. I think, and that's, you know, people leave him pennies. They put pennies on Thomas Wolfe's grave, too, um, and his family. It's <laughs> yep, like if you're going to put a penny. Another Southern penny. writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it is kind of wild how they all kind of congregate in one area, and then you're talking about your, you know, your, your husband there, too, your ex-husband there. But I want to I go back to the dark shadows, because if I don't, people are going <laughs> to yell. And I brought up the dark shadows to Nancy, and she immediately, you know, a lot of times we were in Africa, so we missed some of it, but her oh. parents it, watched it, but Steve, 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 you've got yeah. to tell her the story, because you were one of the kids running home from school to watch it. <laughs> yes, I was. I have and did you watch you it from the original? Yes. June twenty seventh, nineteen sixty six. The black wow. and white when it went. I was twelve, color. going on thirteen, and that was a perfect time to start the program because it was just two weeks into summer vacation. So you got all the kids getting hooked on it. So mm-hmm. by the time school started in fall, we would rush home to be home by four p.m. because it was four p.m. in San Jose, California, on ABC. And I saw, when I first saw you, Catherine, you were my first celebrity crush. I loved <laughs> Maggie Evans. Seriously. Oh, Even to the weird. point where um, when David Selby joined the cast as Quentin, a friend of mine, we saved our quarters, dimes, and nickels to make a phone call to Dan Curtis Studios. We spoke with his secretary, but she would not allow us to speak with him because we wanted to be on the show. It was the storyline with David and Amy, and we wanted to protect David and Amy from Quentin. Oh, 
my gosh. You know, you know when they uh, met him, they heard his voice when they picked up that old telephone. Right, of course, of course. And that's when I was playing Rachel Grumman, the, um, the governess. It was one of the four roles right. I played. But it's interesting uh, because you, you mentioned that particular storyline, which was based on uh, the turn of the screw. But all of the stories that we did on Dark Shadows are based on classic literature. Uh, the picture of Dorian Gray and the Mary Shelley stories and Hester Prynne, you know, the, the Scarlet Letter. Uh, yeah. I, I, every every everything that we did uh, was um, was our interpretation. It also allowed us to do all of that time traveling. Uh, we were in right. four different time periods. So when I started on the show, and I was on that very first day, um, I was Maggie Evans uh, in contemporary Collinsport, 1966, working as a waitress in the diner. And uh, within a year, when uh, Barnabas came on the show, Jonathan Fred, um, I started playing his uh, <laughs> unrequited love, Josette Dupre. Uh, and that was, of course, in the 1700s. Then Rachel Drummond, when Quentin uh, came on the show, that's David Selby. And I played um, Lady Kitty Hampshire, uh, a, a conniving <laughs> noblewoman. So those cool. are my four roles. Couldn't have been more different from each other, and uh, but in four different time periods. And they were wonderfully played by you. <laughs> was, thank you. Thank you. Every time you what? came on that TV, you glowed. <laughs> thank Ooh. you. Just, I think it's because oh, I oh, enjoyed oh, the crush so much. <laughs> oh, he's uh, in a crush mode. He still uh, has a crush. Uh, I have to what? say, though. <laughs> That's if funny. that if that transmitted across the airwaves, it's it's only because it was just a joy to work on Dark Shadows. I mean, it was it was my very first acting job, but it was the first acting job for quite a few of us, and we were like a family. We were in this small studio all by ourselves, in what's known as Hell's Kitchen area of, of uh, Manhattan, mm. and and the young ones uh, like me were able to work with. An Academy Award nominee, uh, Grayson Hall, a Hollywood legend, uh, uh, Joan Bennett, and wonderful stage actors like Mitch Ryan and Lewis Edmonds, uh, Thayer David, Clarice Blackburn, uh, Humbert Estrado, really wonderful, wonderful actors. Uh, how could I be that lucky? I still can't, I still can't believe it 55 years later. That's amazing. When you think, that's one thing, one of the biggest things like I wanted to ask you was going from, here it is, a gothic soap opera, right, which is really transformational as it was. And it went from black and white to color. And then now look at where we are with streaming services. So acting is now, I mean, I know so many authors right now that it's like get your you get your books out there now, get your stories out there now because Netflix, Hulu, everybody's so busy buying up things where they can because we're all binge watching. And it's also giving this opportunity for shows in the past to come back to the present. So you know, like Dark Shadows and stuff. I know we're going to get to see that at some point. And I know it's been reprised, like you know Johnny Depp, Tim Burton did that, and. Um, you know, it, seriously, that doesn't surprise me, Johnny Depp being part no. of that. You know, no, and Tim Burton, Tim Burton's still like magic genius, right? Crazy genius. But 
for mm-hmm. you as a as an actor and also having being you're a wordsmith, right? So putting I, that I, together, I, I, how has yes, it been I mean, over the years in in actually um, looking at how how things have well, progressed? Well, what's interesting is that you raised a, a point there about the fact that today, you know, there's streaming and all. That. The reason Steve ran home from school to watch it is because there was no other way to watch it. And if mm. he missed if he missed a few minutes of it, chances are he would never see it again. And, you know, Dark Shadows is known for its bloopers. We did it live. So uh, with, <laughs> we wow. did a half-hour show on a daily basis, which meant that, you know, you learned your lines and had a couple of run-throughs. Uh, but we were really flying by the seat of our pants. And if anything went wrong with a camera or with a prop, or somebody forgot their lines or whatever. It was like summer stock. You just carried on. So we're known for our bloopers. And Steve, you know, Dan Curtis used to laugh at us when we were in tears over what had happened. And we couldn't redo it because at 4 o'clock sharp, uh, the 4 o'clock news came on. So there was no time to redo the show. Um, and today, now, of course, with DVD and streaming and everything, we're, we're watching those shows, bloopers and all. But the only reason that, uh, you know, we can, um, uh, that you were running home is because that was the only way you could see it. And I'm wondering if that didn't have a lot to do with the fact that it became such a phenomenon. I, I know. Think so. Yeah, yeah. it could be. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's 55 years later. We have never once been off the air. Uh, it, it's, uh, I know it's on, I think it's on Netflix still. Um, it's never been off the air. And the other thing is that the Dark Shadows actors still get residuals. Uh, I, I can't think of any other soap opera where the actors are, are still, uh, you know, getting... Uh, royalties and what good. they good. <laughs> no, but that's good. But that's good because that's a lot awesome. get left off. That's yeah, good to hear. That, that is really good to hear because the it industry is good to hear. And I'll tell you another yeah. piece of news. Uh, uh, the there is a very good chance because um, a, a wonderful writer named Mark B. Perry has written a new uh, take on Dark Shadows. It's uh, I haven't read the script. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with it, but there's a wonderful production company, Amasia, behind it, and there's a very good chance that Dark Shadows could be back, streaming or prime time or whatever, but a whole new incarnation of Dark Shadows, and in that case, it would be quite wonderful if some of the actors who were on the show all those years ago, those of us who are still around, (laughs) uh, could be invited to be back on the show. It would be great. That's, they would be sorry if they didn't invite you all back. Oh uh, well, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp did, so I think right. that we have a precedent. Excellent. I, I just I think that is so cool that you know you're part of that, but in just seeing your whole career too. I mean, Dark Shadows obviously is very you know, it's iconic, right? And then looking at all the road, the Great Gatsby again. Now there we go. F. Scott Fitzgerald. You're back to. You need to go to Asheville. I'm just saying. Um, you've got a tie there. You need to go there because they were all hanging oh, out, indeed. right? But that I mean, indeed. the Great Gatsby. And then you look at your list. Star Trek. You go all the way through all. 
Dallas. I mean, all well, of these you know, yeah, things. Dallas, <clears throat> Dallas, and Dynasty. Uh, oh my you know, god! I've done, I've done, and and I was on Nuts Landing, so that's three. Oh wow! Uh, three of the old <laughs> and uh, hotel time soaps, <laughs> and then, uh, but but the ones that you know, I'm I'm usually uh, asked about are Space 1999, Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. Police Squad. Uh, because those are the and and dark shadows of course uh, and hammer because those are the the cult favorites. Mm. Um, I, I uh, you know it's it's undeniable. I've had I've had my share of doing these shows that live on in people's imaginations that you know they grew up with that they love and and that's kind of fun to be asked about them. How do you choose what you're going to do? Like when someone comes to you, hey, I'm going to do this. Is it because it could be? And some Steve, we on the show. I say yes. I I mean, if the phone rings, I say yes. Where? What time? Oh, see, you don't (laughs) care about the what role because it's like. Oh, I do. I've turned down a couple of things, but uh, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, uh, not that many because. You know, you get an opportunity. You you don't know what's going to happen. A few times I've been offered uh, uh, roles, and and there's been a conflict. I've had to turn something down because I couldn't do two things at one time. Although on one occasion I was offered two things, and the two uh, production companies worked it out so that I could play Dan Fravanti's wife, uh, Janet Murrow, in uh, the Edward R. Murrow story. At the same time that I worked with uh, George C. Scott in the last days of Patton, both of them took place uh, in the World War II era, and they were both shooting in London at the same time. And for about two months, I went back and forth between the two shows, uh, which is remarkable. Actors very seldom get that kind of opportunity. Usually have to make a choice. That's that's wonderful. I like the fact that you worked with George C. Scott, and then also... With his son Campbell, I did, I did, yes, in, in yes. the eleventh green, and right. I didn't have scenes with Campbell, but yeah, we were in the in the but same still. film. Oh, uh-huh. but still, exactly, and uh, and I and I loved that. Uh, uh, it was really it was really fun. The, the two men could not be more different, um, right. father and son, um, mm-hmm. but uh, just both of them remarkable actors. Yeah, what I want to see is like you've gone through all of this history with these different people, and you you go to roles. Do you look at a role and go, this may be a small role compared to this over here, what I did in Dark Shadows, and understand oh, the impact a lot of the small role. I mean, because yeah, some of the no, small no. roles can be the biggest and most important roles too, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I I don't turn something down because it's a small role because uh, there's always something that you can bring to it. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things where I've, I've stepped in. Oh, I'll tell you. Here's an example. Uh, Woody Allen. Uh, mm. uh, I went in. I went in to meet the casting people for something, and and I ended up being asked to do uh, a role in a Woody Allen film. I played Wanda. Uh, it was one day of filming, but I got to be on the set with Woody Allen and and Storaro, his lighting cameraman. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't give up that experience, not for anything. I got to work with Timi- Timothy Chalamet and, and uh, Cherry Jones. Um, you don't say no to that. And, the, they, you know, it, I, I knew it would be my only opportunity to work with Woody Allen, and I wanted to work with him. 
Huh. So now people would ask you, why would you want to work with him? Because he is controversial. I have to bring that up. So, I mean, that that's such a weird thing in life because you, you've Can got you think of like anybody that doesn't weird. have like, a bit of controversy in their lives? And uh, no, I, I, uh, I, exactly. I really, I do not right. pay attention to that at all. And you may as well know right now, I have no use for cancel culture. None. That's good girl. Are we not <laughs> meant Excellent. to listen to Mozart? Are we not meant to what? what I mean, I, 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 I could begin naming historical names, and sure. uh, do we, do we, uh, yes. do we want to cancel con- uh, culture a couple of our uh, presidents, including Kennedy, uh, mm-hmm. for behavior? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think so. No. Uh, I, I, I think there's a. Uh, uh, no, it, it, that part of it doesn't appeal we, to me. We talk about this all the time on our shows. Um, even just, in, you know, we're very um, not political in, in regards to. I know Nancy and I, neither one of us, just you know, as the the people of this show, um, don't belong to any kind of real party. Like it, 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 and it goes beyond that. And I feel like this country goes in like, if you're this party, if you're that, you've got to do this and that. And so we're, we're like, no, yeah. it, it's no. about common sense well, and I'll understanding history, I, right? I worked it's, with a lot of people who are controversial, uh, mm-hmm. and that, that includes, you know, actors, directors, uh, mm-hmm. writers, publishers, all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really take them uh, for the value of my personal relationship with them and my own working relationship with mm, them. Good point. I mean, I, I, can only, I can only say that uh, Hugh Hefner is certainly controversial, uh, <laughs> but I, I admire him enormously as a, an editor, a publisher, and, um, and when I was doing the Bunny Freedom Bears, of Press. He was one of the first was, people about freedom of press. He really was yeah. one of our top people to really, oh, yeah. like, stand up for the press. Seriously, yeah, no what and not only think? that. For and yeah. he would know this. Uh, uh, all of the work that uh, and support he's given to film preservation, and uh, you know, it, it, and the number of times that I see his name pop up or the foundation pop up uh, supporting a a film that um, that I really uh, mm. that I really ad- uh, admire and, and value. Um, no, and, he, and when I was working on the book. Uh, he couldn't have, he couldn't have been more professional. Couldn't have been more uh, supportive. Uh, okay. So I, I used him only as an example of, me, of one of many, many, many people that I have worked with that uh, would fall into a, that category mm. of being controversial. I, well, I really mm. just can't abide it. But, you know, with, if, the, with the if funniest you, part. Oh, go ahead, Nancy. Sorry, it's I'm just gonna, <laughs> No, it's okay. If you don't like something, then don't do it. You know, if you don't like a certain kind of food, then don't go in that kind of restaurant. You have the choice. Mm-hmm. Nobody exactly. makes you. Yep, it, it does, and it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. bear all that much uh, attention in my mind. I mean, I, yeah. I know we're devoting a, a lot of conversation to it now, but uh, it's just—it's not even something I talk about. It's just—it's mm. uh, just my my viewpoint, my way of dealing with things in my life. Mm. Well, I think I think it's also you know when we talk about the creative arts, there's the creative arts and, and people are the creative geniuses that they are, and when you're dealing with creative geniuses, that is who they are, and they're not going to have a typical life, you know. Um, 
that and so you can't put them into your typical suburbia life with a couple of cars, kids, and a little box house. That doesn't really normally happen in the arts, and it can. And I know people who do, but then there's then they're living this weird double life too. So it's 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 a very it's a weird thing, and we should not be the judge of other people's lives unless they really inflict harm, like really that we know of. You know what I mean? It's like you can't. Um, it's like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson did some really good music, whether or not you like it, and maybe he did some really bad things, but it's a very weird, slippery slope of going like, now we can't listen to Chuck Berry because he had a peeping hole through women's bathrooms. Um, but he was the birth of rock and roll, so get on with it. So it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, it's like that's you could carry on and on and on and on, but nobody is perfect, and no, the bad things are bad. And so before you, everybody gets on me, like get over it because I'm not going to deal with it. It it is exactly that. It we have to have balance and look at what we're doing. Are we? It's kind of project oriented in in a way, isn't it? Like if you're doing a film, you're doing the film and you really care about everything else. Like just move forward. Like do the project at hand. That's what you're hired for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, you wouldn't want to be blamed for everything your character did. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, no. And, uh, I, and and by the way, you know, I, uh, I've done an awful lot of writing. Uh, I'm I'm writing now uh, almost a piece a month for mm. AARP. The Ethel. The Ethel was named oh. after the woman who started AARP, and uh, the Ethel is for uh, primarily women. I mean, they have a, a lot of different free online newsletters that appeal to you know various segments. Um, but uh, I love writing for the Ethel, and I've got a piece coming out. Uh, in fact, you, all you have to do is go online and Google the Ethel. And I find that uh, in writing for the Ethel, I'm, I'm very often uh, able to choose a topic that I've been kind of exploring in my own mind and then flesh it out into a piece uh, cool. that has more universal appeal. And I'm, I'm really enjoying writing for them. That's awesome. Um, so I've got uh, I've got pieces. I had a piece the last two months, and I've got something now in December, January, February, and March. Cool. Yeah. And that, so and do, that and I hope your I hope your listeners will look for the Ethel uh, because that's uh, a lot of the writing that I'm doing now. I mean, I still write books, and I I still uh, you know uh, have other pro- <laughs> projects in the works, but. That's the most immediate writing that I'm doing. I think it's really cool. And, and if you look at ARP or AARP and you read the stories in there, mm. to me it's like this is not the same publication that it was 20, 30 years ago. Like what you would write is. about. <laughs> Nothing right? is. Uh, but I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really thrilled to be a part of this. A uh, group of uh, primarily, in fact, I think they're all women writers, um, women that I, uh, you know, who write for Washington Post, New York Times, uh, uh, awesome. Daily Beast, um, and, and uh, you know, a lot of different publications that I really respect. And um, and to join their ranks has been uh, has been really fun. I also wrote a piece for the Daily Beast not that long ago. And 
and I've written, yeah, for a lot of uh, publications lately. Hmm. And so I really get a lot of satisfaction out of it. What's cool. happening next? Because I know you've got now uh, the gift of the magi. The magi. <laughs> the <gift laughs> there. I have my space good to make you sure know. I do it. The gift of magi. You're doing this live tomorrow. <laughs> but this is really uh, cool. So it's a reading well, of David Selby. So tell us about yeah, this. David Selby and yeah. we have done so much work together over the years, not just on Dark Shadows, but even when we were doing Dark Shadows, we did a, a production of, well, we did Miss Julie at the Actors Studio together. And uh, a year ago, we did a Christmas Carol with many of the other Dark Shadows actors. Uh, And then we did a wonderful uh, piece that uh, my friend Susan Sullivan, you know her from Dharma and Greg and and, uh, Castle. Yeah, Falcon Crest. Anyway, Susan and I were Playboy Bunnies together, so we've been friends a long time. And she (laughs) wrote a piece that was, it's really fun. You can find it on YouTube. It's called What Friends Do. And uh, it's a it's a one act, and David Selby, Susan Sullivan, Mitch Ryan, and I did that uh, about a year ago. But it's it's had a vast number <laughs> of views. I mean, um, uh, it's been hugely popular, and I love doing it. We lost Mitch Ryan this last year, and <laughs> this was the last. Uh, it was. The, I did the last two things that he worked on, the Christmas Carol and, and this piece. Um, but to be able to work with people that you've known that long, David Selby played Susan's husband on Falcon Crest. Mitch Ryan did Dharma and Greg with her. Mm. Uh, we were all of us in Dark Shadows, including Susan, who played a ghost in one episode. So <laughs> cool. we've, we've, known each, we've all known each other 50-plus uh, years. Uh, so that was really fun. And I'm going to be doing a few more things like that. And then another thing that's coming up, I, I'm sure you know who Marcel Marceau is. Mm-hmm. He's the pantomime artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. passed away. And, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, my first husband, Ben Martin, did a, a, time pic- a, a Life magazine pictorial on, on uh, Marceau. The two sort oh. of bonded. And they collaborated on a book called Marcel Marceau, Master of Mime. And I'm mm. republishing that book but I'm also mounting an exhibit of the photographs at the National Arts Club in March. So if you're in New York, stop by the National Arts Club. That's there. But there are just a lot of fun things uh, to do. Again, Steve, legacy is very important to me, and it's one of the reasons why I'm very supportive of um, Hollywood history. Um, I, uh, I have to say my being on the board of the Beverly Hills Women's Club and being on the board of the Hollywood Women's Club when both were, you know, really struggling uh, to, mm-hmm. to uh, you know, to stay alive. Um, and also the uh, Silent Film Society. Uh, mm-hmm. I, did a, I did a presentation with them when I was in L.A. Uh, a couple of months ago. Um, silent films are just so... Uh, so so important uh, and uh, to be preserved. And I used to do all of my book signings at the Hollywood Studio Museum, which is where Jesse Lasky and Cecil B. DeMille did the first Hollywood films, um, The Squaw Man. And um, and do you know what the first Hollywood film ever done was? What? Count Count of Monte Cristo. No oh. way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Huh. yep. 
Wow. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, hmm. I I, uh, I I'm I applaud you for, for the work you do, uh, but I'm I'm uh, I'm very keen on um, uh, on supporting Hollywood history. What, what That's do you wonderful. Think? And I happen, actually, Catherine, I happen to fall into doing Hollywood history through Nancy and Lisa. They asked me to do a segment one time, and it just took off. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. good for you. Good for you. Yeah, it was awesome. um, And your segments have gone onto shows in England with Channel Radio, and, uh, you know, it's pretty, you know, the thing is, Hollywood history does travel. (laughs) That was what I was mm-hmm. saying at the beginning. It's, it's, you know, Hollywood connects people in mm-hmm. so many ways. And, well, you know, shows are being done in Louisiana, Kentucky, or whatever, in, in England. And, you know, when you, you start tying everyone together all the way to Hungary, right? Like how many yeah. actors did so much in Hungary? So Steve always connects everybody back to the Hollywood side in well, some way. It, it's amazing. You, it was such a when I was growing up, my brother and I used to sneak out the bedroom window at night when my parents were finally asleep, and we'd go down to Sunset Strip. And to to us, that was part of Hollywood, whether people say it is or it isn't to us. Oh, it that, is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And we used to, and we just we would just troll the strip as as two kids, and we would talk to the police and like, hey, just be careful and get home and. You know, however you get out, get back in without getting caught. They were really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and we would see different stars come out of restaurants. And mm-hmm. it was just magical. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. when I think it, when I think back to those days where the stars would go into a restaurant and they'd wave at you. And, and if you wanted an autograph, you could get one. They weren't so, like, now I don't think I don't know if you can do that even anymore. I mean, it's harder oh, you now. Can. I, I, there are some people that are open to it, but uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, uh, Hollywood was was really just a small town uh, yeah. for such a long time. So was Beverly Hills, and mm-hmm. that kind of small town feeling about it is what you still experience when you go to the Hollywood women's club and you know in various other places that um are still are still thriving i and love that from you're that part of the women's club because i know you're part of the beverly hills women's club and women's clubs are all around the country but we've had to i mean we used to belong to one in up in the mountains in san diego and julian where we first started our magazine and at 25 26 years ago and mm. Mm-hmm. We be, I mean, I was the youngest woman there, and I was raising money <laughs> for music education and pennies yeah. for pine trees, right? And so I was like, I want to get music to these kids up in this little tiny mountain town. How do I do it? And I put on concerts with people like Ken Heat and all these great musicians, brought them all in, raised this money. and But the women's clubs were they did I mean, the work. It's, it's, we've got but they've had, I mean, they the have a long history. To get in. We need to get yeah. in there, you know. Absolutely. Women's clubs are history. They wrote diaries. Back in the day, they would always start the, the women's club meetings with a woman reading from the diaries of the pioneers and the miners, women, that came into that mm-hmm. community. And the suffragettes. And, and the, I mean, we had, we had 
you know, brothel women and, you know, hookers and all kinds of good stuff. And but they included all women in in that. And I thought that was really cool that they read from that book of what was going on at that time to see what was, what was going on for women in that era. And women were the backbone of that community and in so many communities. And now – where are we in women's clubs? Where where are we? I well, mean, you know, there, no, there, yeah. one, one, uh, no, they have to stay relevant. That's part of the, mm-hmm. that's part of their, um, <laughs> that's part of what they need to do is to stay mm-hmm. relevant. But uh, uh, in the Beverly Hills Women's Club, for example, was the first philanthropic organization in Beverly Hills. It started wow. uh, as a Red Cross center. And uh, and the Hollywood Women's Club uh, was even earlier than that, and and it, and there was an outreach to the community. And, and at the Hollywood Women's Club, uh, you had uh, Gloria Swanson lecturing on because she was such a foodie. Wow. She was lectured on nutrition. You had Mary oh, Pickford wow. teaching flower arranging. Oh. <laughs> uh, you had you had a canteen where you know even some men like Errol Flynn used to come for lunch. It it has it has an incredible history like that, and even wow. now there are men who are uh, welcome as members of the club, and and uh, and there's huge outreach um, just within the neighborhood and within that uh, Hollywood community. Um, it's still a philanthropic and charitable organization, and it's meant as a, a social club. Uh, hmm. You can drop in there any time, you know, for for tea and to you well, know, that's talk not to how other it women. was in the mountain town where we were. <laughs> well, you know, but it, but it, it doesn't to, matter. That's the same. It's no, it same, doesn't matter. It's got it's to find its thing. place. Yeah. Each thing, mm. each area has its place, and I think that is, it is, it it's just special, and we have to keep that going because there's a nurturing. Thing and a strength. I mean, you have that strength. Listen to you talking. You you have that strength. You know, and I think that um, it's so important. Also, in in movies, in TV, in writing, in music, uh, the creative arts. Uh, even women doing the the makeup art and the and the fashion. And there's men and women in both of that. By the way, everyone just you know, as always say, like, but women in the arts have. I think there's a strength to it, even though they make you faint a lot. Nancy, that was Nancy's thing this morning was going, why did they always make the women faint back then? But <laughs> but there was still a strength, right? There's always a resiliency that, um, you know, so as an actor, how has that been to be strong? Because even Thanks. just listening to you talk, you're a strong, strong woman. How do you keep that resiliency to to stay strong? Because you've been through, yeah, you've been through a few, <laughs> few times. And, on, I mean, look at on. look at black and white till now. She's well, streaming TV. I mean, and doing think, a show tomorrow that's going to be on YouTube live through smartphone TV. Like what? <laughs> smartphone theater. You know, but it, but it, it actually it's all of a piece because what I was saying about women's clubs having to stay relevant. If they don't stay relevant, there's no point in their existence. Exactly. So you, we have to for grow sure. and, and find a reason for being. And uh, the same is true with everything that I've done in either profession, acting or, or publishing. Publishing, for example, mm. uh, you know, uh, I, I remember when I was publishing 40 years ago and, 
uh, in the very early days uh, of uh, when Amazon, you know, became a, a force, and uh, and and people and and people were so against Amazon it was going to close all of the bookstores and so on. Well, more and more bookstores are actually opening, and uh, and it's only uh, hmm. and I'm supportive of it uh, because there are so many. Uh, there are so many authors now who would never be published if uh, if Kindle uh, didn't exist or, or KDP, mm-hmm. uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, didn't exist. Um, because, the uh, you know, with the big uh, conglomerations of, of publishing companies, uh, the, the, you know, it's not as open uh, to taking on a, a, a new writer. Um, or somebody who's 75 and writes their first book, and it happens to be wonderful. Um, you, you know, uh, you can you can do that with uh, with KDP. Um, so I embraced it from the from the very beginning. Uh, I don't think I don't think Amazon is putting anybody out of business any more than uh, you know television put radio out of business, or we wouldn't be talking today. So I'm not somebody who uh, is opposed to uh, technology and and uh, new things. There are certain things that I I would never get involved with. This whole thing of NFTs and and uh, and currency. Okay, that's another world. I'm not talking about. Hell no! I don't even want to look. I'm not talking about it at all. What I'm talking about are are the uh, are these innovations that. Uh, I think have, uh, can prove to be very beneficial. They can be, mm, they can be harmful and so on, but uh, they're largely beneficial. Um, the the fact that we have the technology that allows uh, somebody in Indonesia to write a, a book that can be published and and everybody around the world reading it, um, I, I think that's wonderful. Mm. It's I think that's great. It's it's simply open opportunities, right? I, I agree with you. It's leveled I've, the playing field. I, yeah. I, everybody I, is going to be John Grisham. No, I, I, you know, I agree with you on, on this. Writing. With, with bit, no, it does depend on your writing, and if you didn't get mm-hmm. an editor and everything, that's that's your due to right. But well, okay, that, we that, that, now we get into another another. That's area a whole other because, show. But yeah. so a we whole do so many other, other show interviews. because, quite frankly, there is too much being published that isn't edited properly or exactly. at all, and right. uh, and is not is is simply not worthy of the paper or the uh, the mm-hmm. you know uh, the time spent downloading it. Uh, the reviews are important uh, for yeah, authors, so, but, but that's a whole that's a completely that's a completely that's a whole conversation. other conversation. But I just want mm-hmm. to say on the Amazon thing, what you brought up a really really good point that we have not touched on is that it does breed bookstores reopening because people get pissy about like what Amazon has become and it's changed and. Well, no, what, seen, what it is, but it no, does what lead it, up but, that competition. In, in no, ways. no, but what really, what really makes a, 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 somebody want to open a bookstore is that, that there is a need in the community. Uh, you can't just open a bookstore. I mean, no. you've got to fulfill a need, and uh, and somebody uh, uh, can open a, you know, a, a, just a little uh, pocket store. Uh, you know, and and uh, and start selling books that uh, really appeal to that particular community. 
Um, I, I, and so those bookstores are opening. Uh, and somehow the great big bookstores, so you know the the really big Barnes and Noble and and so mm. on, um, uh, that exist in you know larger uh, cities, um, those will go on. But you'll be you'll find a lot of little mom and pop, as we call them, just as you find a lot of little mom and pop publishing companies. Um, <laughs> there there are so many publishing companies, small presses. Uh, between um, San Diego and Santa Barbara, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, small presses that are devoted to a single thing, like um, mm. uh, there's a company that does nothing but books on bed and breakfast. Yeah, uh, they I know, specialize. I know, mm. Yep, and I, they specialize. Mm. But then mm-hmm. magazines are doing that too because you mm-hmm. need to reach your audience. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same principle. It's the same mm-hmm. principle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exciting, and we have bookshop.org everyone for for when it really comes to independent bookstores and they really do help that it's it's a you know we're in this time of change and it's a very exciting thing and if you don't like something like amazon well look Am- listen we pet it across the country you're not going to stop the amazon changed. boxes coming to the front door <laughs> it's not going to happen most people buy their dog food through Chewy. <laughs> well, so, I'll tell you, you know, my I have a sister-in-law who has a gift shop in Tower, Minnesota, population 500. Mm. Uh, you'd have to travel wide and far to find uh, a, uh, uh, a gift shop as beautiful as hers. And, uh, and she's, she's actually, people drive from quite a distance to go there. Uh, mm. If you make something Please. wonderful, they will come. It's Field mm-hmm. of Dreams. And it's the same with bookstores. It's uh, it's the and same. Movies. It's the same way with a cupcake place. You know, you you drive miles to go there because you want that cupcake. Um, it it really has to do with filling a community need. And well, isn't uh, that the same with people still watching Dark Shadows? Something becomes <laughs> iconic. No, I'm bringing well, it back that's home. An interesting segue. I'm bringing it back home. <laughs> okay, because, well, yeah, it really? is because okay. it's something iconic. But, okay. You broke the mold with it. You did. I mean, and, and oh, when you I, look at you know, like I, the gold and the I will beautiful. Not take, uh, I will not Listen. take. I, I was certainly part of that, but believe me, it was Dan Curtis that broke the mold with that. But that is. Just but like, look at uh, it. Look at it. Compared okay, to the bold and the beautiful, like now, now that I've seen like what Nancy and Steve have told me about, and and I started watching stuff. Now I'm like mm-hmm. I'm hooked. Well, and all I want to see is like the bold and beautiful. Someone just bites someone's neck and just okay, like. But, but now I can <laughs> I can I can never unsee it now. So no, now it's it, it, just. This this is this I mean it it really is amazing what happened and then looking at your career to where you are now that you just kept going in so many ways and forms. I think you're an exceptional creative person and smart and strong and yep. damn I can't I wait agree. to keep following what you're doing. Right, Steve? Like she's a badass. I, I totally agree. Know, I know, I she's a badass. She is. And I'm gonna be you know, ten feet off the ground. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. But well, I, you I, deserve uh, it. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm uh, I, I, Helen Forrest. If you know who that is, Helen Forrest was a canary, a singer with big band uh, back in the era, and she and she was quoted as saying, you know, because people kept asking her what was it like. She said, if I'd known that it was an era, I would have paid more attention. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel like I'm saying the same thing. Uh, when when we started Dark Shadows, we knew it was special because there was nothing else on afternoon television with mm-hmm. a vampire. Yeah, but right. more than that, it was the use of um, special effects. It was the use of uh, a repertory company of actors playing multiple roles without confusing the audience. Um, there were a lot of innovative things about Dark Shadows that you you didn't find on the other shows. So uh, from that point of view, absolutely. And I think that Dan Curtis, like Gene Roddenberry, uh, uh, had a real um, a, a, a real genius uh, for doing something that was outside the box. Mm, but then right. you know, again, uh, that's. Uh, that's always that's always the mark of something that becomes um, very special. It's uh, not just Star Trek. It's uh, Star Wars. It's uh, I mean, look what look what Star Wars spawned. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, I'm glad to have been part of something that was innovative. But then so mm. was Police Squad. Um, I mean, that was uh, that was special. When you when you look back at um, soap operas it, it always looks to me like when you look at a soap opera i'm not talking about something like dallas because dallas looks like a film soap operas had a different i don't know if it's special effects lighting or it looked like you were in the living room with them where well yeah but they, it, but you know they were done uh you know they were done with three cameras uh and they were done uh, black and white. In, in the case of, of um, Dark Shadows, we were doing that show live. And mm. uh, the reason why we're able to watch it now is because of a process called kinescope. Kinescope is, uh, oh. to, to make it at, 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 at its simplest, it is um, uh, a camera photographing uh, a, a, a monitor, a television monitor mm-hmm. of what is happening. Um, oh. So I mean, so what you are watching is second generation, uh, uh, you know, and, and of course it's going to have a certain kind of look. And the, yeah. other, the other thing is that you've got actors moving in and out of pools of light, uh, mm-hmm. no matter how good Mel Handelsman was, who was our lighting <laughs> uh, director, no matter how artful he was, you're still depending upon the actors not to, you know, stand in <laughs> with their face in shadow or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, right. it's in film, one is lit and, and it's edited. Dark Shadows was not edited. Yeah. And those oh, oh, were not edited. So you're, mm-hmm. you're watching, uh, you're watching what would amount to a lot of outtakes if it were mm. film. Right. It's a, like okay. a play. It's a real play. Yeah. Well, that's what exactly. I think is, I, I love that more part, of it. part of it. And tomorrow, tomorrow, everyone, the gift of the Magi, listen to Yay. me, the Magi will be airing so December 18th, 2022 at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube, right? So go watch this. Uh, it's Todd Feldstein's Smartphone Theater. This is a live production directed by Patrick McRae. And uh, you also have a 17-year-old music prodigy, Christian Rurichnikov. See, I did that too, everyone. Um, so this is a, a an epic thing that's going to happen on YouTube live. You're going to be reading with David Selby, and everyone can watch it and watch it live and then watch it later, right, on demand. You bet. It'll be on YouTube unto eternity. 
Oh, we love that. We love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a real pleasure, and I encourage everyone to go to your website to connect with everything that you're doing. Uh, give them the best website for them to go to because I've got – I've got – I'm going up here. I've got, I got yeah, www.catherineleescott.com. And that's Lee, uh, L-E-I-G-H, catherineleescott.com is the website. Right, And you'll so, find everything there. You'll find all of the books. You'll find news about Dark Shadows and news about everything else, too. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. We want to thank our friends over at the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast. We'll see you soon. Hopefully, while we're here in Asheville, you can go to lion-rose.com. So if you stay there, just go around the corner. It's an easy walk to the graveyard where you can go see where O. Henry and uh, – uh, Thomas Wolfe are laid to rest and so many more. So it's just kind of one of those historic neighborhoods. And, of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you so much, Steve, for being here. You can keep up with Steve's podcast on Blend uh, BlendRadioAndTV.com. Thank you, Catherine. We're going to close with a song called My Christmas Wish because, you know, that goes with the whole play when you think about it, uh, for the gift of the Magi, I'm going to walk around saying that all day long now. Yeah, she uh, got so it. <laughs> this is uh, by Nikki Chris. You can go to her website, nikkichris.com. She'll be on our anniversary show on January 8th and 9th. We'll be doing a two-part series for our Sweet 16 birthday here at Big Blend Radio. So here it is, my Christmas wish. Thank you so much been a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. It's getting cold.